With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So if you haven't got any positive to say, don't ask. So bloody negative about everything. So negative about everything. Big smile, but they haven't got a clue. Yeah, they live. Look, if you don't know anything about rugby, don't talk to me. He is going through. They're driving fast cars. Bowden Garrett's got a heap of pace. He leads the charge. Go, Bowden! That's a damage! Ah, yes. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Eddie Jones, that story just continues. Welcome to the run home. Uh, Brad, Lewis and Steve Devine for our number one. All thanks to McDelivery. Kirst Stanway will be with you from four alongside Steve McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Steve Devine, the Eddie Jones story just keeps on a given, folks. Oh, that's a winner, isn't it? It just keeps oh, on a given. If, if it wasn't Australia, I'd be concerned about it because it's Australia. It's just glorious. Yeah, uh, and look, for those who don't know, and I'm sure you've been listening to staff and you've been catching up on that, but uh, look, reports coming out of Japanese media are basically Japanese media confirming it, and several Australian rugby sources have as well. I've texted a couple of friends within the industry, and they all said this is uh, almost a lot to happen. He will be coaching Japan uh, from around about December the 31st. Uh, and his contract with Australia is likely to be torn up. And I wouldn't imagine, Steve, that any payout will happen because he's walking straight into another job. Yeah, yeah, who knows? <laughs> who honestly that, knows that That was there? always the issue, right, that if they had fired Eddie, they were going to have to pay him out for a three, another three years. So at least they get to avoid that. But he is just... What's, what's happened, basically, Steve, is Hamish McLennan and Eddie Jones have thrown a grenade into the middle of the Australian Rugby Union and the Wallabies and just let it explode with the sacking of Dave Rennie, the appointment of Eddie Jones, and their horrific World Cup campaign. Yeah, well, listen, it all starts at the top, right? Everything starts at the top, and, and geez, a lot of fingers have got to be pointed at Hamish McLennan now because yeah. he's put Eddie there. He terminated Dave Rennie, and he's put Eddie there, and what a cluster it has turned into. Yeah, yeah. Surely all fingers point to him now, and he's going to have to jump as well because he's just he's dug an almighty hole. And I, you know, it makes me laugh. I look back to the the ads before the Wallabies went away, and it was like we're not going over there to eat croissants. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much all they did. Yeah, it's, yeah. It just and it's the short sightedness. Dave Rennie is a master coach, 
And he obviously had a plan. And I think that plan extended out to the Lions tour in a couple of years' time. And he was building for that. I don't think he probably realistically felt that his team had a chance of winning this t- tournament. But certainly 27 may have been a plan for him. And, and to, to throw that all out the window for the ace in the hole, apparently, and Eddie Jones, uh, thanks to England sacking him, and they sacked him for a reason, folks. I think he won one of his last eight test matches in charge. Uh, was just short-sightedness and stupidity at the highest level to lose such a brilliant rugby mind in Dave Rennie for a short-term fix, which ended up making your problems worse. Yeah, and what the quite simple facts are: you look at he had the same players. Dave and Eddie Jones had the same players, right? And you look at who, what of those individual players in the Wallabies performed better under what coach? And I would say almost every single one of them performed better under Dave Rennie. Um, you know, Valentini at the back at number eight, he, yeah. he's a beast of a player. And, you know, he was the glue in, the, in that Aussie, Aussie team. And in the World Cup, he was terrible. He, yeah. You know, he, he got no go forward. He got no – he just looked lost. He looked disinterested and, and uh, you know, a whole lot of experience was kept behind for – because we're building a young team and – and he's just cost the Wallabies. Uh, he's cost the Wallabies uh, a, a decent shot at the World Cup, and they're going to have to wait four years to get that shot back again. Yeah, I think the likes of Michael Hooper and uh, Bernard Foley and guys like that would have, would have been at that tournament just to be there as as the cool head to help a Carter Gordon uh, yeah. or a Donaldson out when when they needed it. But that's Australia's rug, Australian rugby's problem, isn't it? But Eddie Jones keeps on giving, and by you know all chances are he'll be coaching Japan at the Rugby World Cup in four years' time. In, of all countries, Australia. Yeah, that's going to go down well, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, look, uh, I've heard a few whispers. Steve Larkham's name has been linked to this job. He did an all right job with the Brumbies, who are clearly the best super rugby side in Australia sure. and, and one of the probably one of the top five or six teams in the competition. Uh, but is it a bit too soon for a Steve Larkham to coach an international no, side? Listen, he's a good coach. He does good things with those Brumbies teams. He, he, he's done a lot of coaching up in the UK, right? And um, it, the Brumbies under him have certainly played that UK style, very, very upfront, very uh, line out drive, line out drive, very penalty orientated. Um, so you know, but I, I'd imagine you know he's works pretty close with Laurie Fisher as well. He's been a, a rugby head. He's been around for a long time in Aussie and has got a pretty good talent of picking youngsters that can play pretty good footy. So, I, yeah, there'd be a, a few people putting their hands up under Steve Larkham, I would imagine. I know you laugh at the misery of Australian rugby, but <laughs> do, you, do you also buy into the narrative that the All Blacks and New Zealand rugby need Wallabies rugby to be stronger than it is? Yeah, absolutely we do. Because if, if, if they're so weak, then... You know, then who are we competing against each week? But, you know, there's some pretty big conversations that need to happen here uh, for New Zealand rugby. And let's let's just hope we don't get to the state that the Aussies are in right now before we have those conversations and, and come up with good outcome, outcomes from those conversations. You would hope, Stevie, though, like from a New Zealand perspective that our I mean, maybe shooting off the stars here, but the, our, the God-given talent of some of our players will, will get us through 15-20s. But, you know, if, if we get it wrong at the grassroots, then that could definitely happen down the line. And rugby is competing so much more now for talent than it has in the past. Well, I mean, we're, we're getting it wrong already. A lot a lot of our talent, and I know, I know multiple kids just from coaching around Auckland that at 14 and 15 have been offered contracts to go to Australia. Uh, the whole they ship their whole family up and take them all to Australia because of a 14 year old kid that's pretty talented and that's not an uncommon story in Auckland um, junior rugby it's not an uncommon story and uh, 
I've had a few kids in the teams that I've coached that that's exactly what's happened. And you know, it's a it's a it's an investment that these leagues clubs see that these talented boys at 13, 14 um, are getting offers and getting paid to go to Australia and play rugby league for a few years. I mean, it's 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 incredible. It's hard to compete with, but we need to start doing something to look after um, that talent pool. We almost, Steve, New Zealand rugby needs a reset. And, you know, potentially Scott Robertson, from an All Blacks perspective, will be that reset in a few months' time. But it just feels like maybe 2024, 25 could be that time just to take a step back and, and, and recognise the issues that are deeper than what probably New Zealand rugby actually thinks they are. Yeah, I think the good thing is that I think we all know there's a problem. Um, now it's going to take some real leadership and some real drive to, to find some good outcomes for those problems. Uh, you know, we, we do. We need to we need to have a rethink about everything. And, and you know, I just hope that we can uh, get some real smart heads around the table and, and nut that out and make sure we make it for the youth. I think it's got to go local. I think, you know, I think across the whole of the country, no matter what we're talking about, we need to go and keep things a little bit more local. Yeah. Um, We've we sort of got this big global idea but um you know we're stronger we're stronger as a country when when locally we're really strong and our communities are supporting each other really well in 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 our localness so you know that's where i'd like to see it go that we um you know we really build some stuff at grassroots levels to get more people first of all more people playing rugby and Mm. and and hopefully that more people play it more people enjoy it and and that's our strength that's kind of apt because later on in the show we've got the CEO of South Canterbury Rugby on and if there's one community and one rugby team that's getting it right at the grassroots level, it's South Canterbury. So it'll be really interesting to see what they're doing uh, within their community to, to make things work because that, that is a club, that is a province that is just working at the moment. Yeah. Oh, were they undefeated how many games? Like, I think it's three and a half years. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know... It, yeah, it's just where rugby needs to go. Yeah. Uh, we need we need more people playing, and yeah. we need more enjoyment at that level, and we need to make some radical changes because it's desperately needed. So we're three days out from the biggest game of Ian Foster's tenure as All Blacks coach. We are playing the best team in world rugby at the moment that have not lost since the All Blacks at Eden Park about 16 months ago. So the All Blacks were the last team to beat Ireland. Uh, so there is there is that in their favour, and, and that test series, of course, is, is definitely in the short-term memory. But as a former All Black, as someone who's been involved in big games, been at World Cups, how are you like internally feeling about this game? Oh, I'm excited. I've been excited for this for eight months. I, I like. I literally cannot wait for this game. It's going to be, it's going to be everything that everyone's ever wanted. And uh, I know a lot of people spoke about the Ireland Africa game and how good it was. This will be. This will be different. This will be more intense and it'll be better. Uh, do I think the All Blacks can win it? Yes, I can. Uh, do I think the Irish can win it? Yes, I can. You know, they're they're the best team in the world for a reason. Um, I, I think they do what they do on the field very well. Um, but I, I actually think they're 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 a really strong team. Mm. Like their off field is strong, their on field is strong. They work incredibly hard for each other. You can see that. Um, so they're, they're a really tight unit at the moment. Are the Irish and you know I I knew they'd come down here last year and I knew they'd give us grief and um, they did that and I just think they grew from that and they're a stronger unit. They're a better team than what they were when they were down here um, last year. But in saying that. Um, we're twice as I think we're twice the team as what we were that time last year. 
Yeah, it's a very different team. It's yeah. a very different team. Well, not only personnel changes, but positional changes, like Jordy Barrett from fullback to 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 the to the to this midfield, and uh, you know the likes of Shannon Frizzell playing all time best career rugby, and yeah. uh, a brand new front row from the team that played that third test. So, yeah, it's uh, it is exciting. Uh, it's nerve-wracking, but I think it's kind of cool that we're going into a quarterfinal as underdogs. Yeah, absolutely. I, listen, I there'd be no one. There'd be no one. If I had to pick France, if I had to pick South Africa or Ireland, I'd in a quarterfinal. I'd, I'd take the Irish. They're they're the best. Why not? Yeah. Why not take them there and then? You'll get a um, probably a bit of an easier game next week. If you if you go through and then and then you're in the final and who knows what's likely to happen but you know I just I just you know why not take the best if you're gonna if you're gonna go home you might as well throw the kitchen sink at it we've been promised the All Blacks have been building towards this weekend this for a long time and there's no more excuses um, it's going to come down to a couple of very very minor minor incidences in the game that's gonna that's gonna be the difference and you know they've had um, two years to sort this out. And, you know, they've had some uh, restructures, some rebuilding. And so they've been building for this weekend for two years. Yeah. It's always been about the quarterfinal. And we're finally here. And, oh, gee, I'm excited. It's going to be a I can see it in your face. Uh, speaking of the team, uh, yesterday uh, a number of people within this industry and a few people at shops and dairies, according to Beef, uh, had the 23 that is apparently going to be named at about 5.30 tomorrow morning, had Finley Christie as the backup halfback, which has caused a lot of ruckus on the SCNZ text machine, at Temper and Beppo text machine. So what are your thoughts on that? If Finley Christie has got the nod, and we are going to do a poll later on in the show, so it's kind of apt that we talk about this now, but the Christie versus Roy Gard debate, they both have their positives and negatives. Uh, from what I have heard, uh, and, and Beave as well, is that the All Black coaches love the defensive capabilities of Finley Christie and the fact that he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, listen, I, I, I obviously watched last week and I thought Roy Gard was um, below par. Um, a, a lot of mistakes. He seemed to, when the ball was needed to be thrown, he'd run and try and do it himself and I just he got caught out and he got caught out against the average Uruguayan Indian team yes. um, put that against the Irish and that's a turnover and um, you know I, I just think if we look back to last year when the Irish were here and Fakatava was new he got on he got caught with the ball a couple of times and you know it was costly turnovers were costly and it's the game's going to come down to uh, probably one turnover maybe you yeah. know and you just for the same reason I didn't put him in my initial squad is just maybe just not quite experienced enough yet and I'm not saying he's not going to get there and I'm not saying he's not a great player because he's both of those things but he just doesn't quite have the experience yet and so those mistakes making a mistake is 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 more of an issue than scoring a try if you know what I mean like it's that mistake that's going to cost the team especially Uh, in a game of inches yeah Uh, it's going to be it's a millimetres right and a mistake is so costly compared to doing something great uh, you know that's that's where it is in the big matches that is the case for Finley Christie I'll get to our poll shortly first of all let's see here what's coming up on our Macca's menu get your Macca's favourites delivery with McDelivery sports headlines shortly uh, we have a Rugby World Cup update where we'll hear from uh, Justin Marshall uh, on his trepidation around this test match uh, Kevin Putt former Springbok halfback on the show at about 20 to 5 uh, we will talk Michael Maguire's 
potential and probable appointment to the New South Wales Blues. Danny Widler will be on the show after five o'clock. Uh, Winnie talk is here as well. I'll post some questions to Beaver and Kirst just before the end of the show. We go around the grounds where, Beaver, uh, where Steve will step into the role of Beaver and hopefully try and get Beaver over the line uh, to try and equal up with Kirst as we head into the final week of our tipping comp. South Canterbury CEO Tim Hyde-Smith on the show uh, and the Run Homes Poll of the Week, which I will get to after the sports headlines, which are coming up very shortly. That is your Macca's menu, McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. The Run Homes Sporting Headlines. Here's what's making news today. As alluded to, Eddie Jones' turbulent tenure in charge of the Wallabies seems to be over with the coach set to take over Japan, according to multiple reports from multiple sources. While these reports are yet to be officially confirmed by any of the major players, it seems inevitable that Jones will leave Australia imminently and return to the Brave Blossoms, the team of course he coached between 2012 and 2015. Uh, Now media outlets in Japan are wildly reporting that he will take over from Jamie Joseph next year with several Australian media publications also reporting that exact news. So if you haven't got any positive to say, don't ask. I'm sorry about that, Eddie. Uh, The United States Anti-Doping Agency will no longer oversee the UFC's anti-doping program once the current contract expires at the end of 2023. The stunning news was announced today with a statement from USADA CEO Travis Tigert after confirming UFC superstar Conor McGregor had officially re-entered the drug testing pool following a long absence from the program. Basically what has happened here, folks, is the UFC want Conor McGregor to fight in early 2024 he has to be in the uh, USADA doping pool for six months. The UFC don't want that. So they've basically pulled off USADA and, uh, pulled away from USADA and they're going to do their own thing moving forward. Meanwhile, big changes uh, for UFC's next big event in Abu Dhabi next weekend. Featherweight champ Alex Volkanovsky has replaced injured challenger Charles Oliveira and will take on lightweight champ Islam Makachev. And Polo Costa is out of his middleweight scrap with Hamzat Shemaev. Stepping in, former welterweight champ Kamaru Usman. World Cup hosts India have cantered to their second successive win of the tournament after Captain Rohit Sharma's smashed a century to set up their eight-wicket thrashing of Afghanistan. Uh, Rohit belted 131 of 84 balls. Uh, they chased down 273 with 15 overs remaining. Virat Kohli made 55 not outs. And the New South Wales Rugby League will appoint former West Tigers coach Michael Maguire to the position of Blues head coach For 2024, the current Kiwis coach was offered the job on Thursday today, according to many reports, and has accepted his position with terms still to be agreed. We'll have more on that later. And that, folks, is your headlines. Um, And as we look at our Temper and Beer Post text line of 8883, we have a poll we want to run today, and it uh, stems from what me and Steve were talking about uh, a short time ago. Are you Team Royguard or Team Christie? When it comes to the All Blacks bench, that team announced at 5.30 tomorrow. It's also on our Facebook page as well, so you can vote there or double eight double three. Flick us a text with a simple two words, Team Royguard or Team Christie. Give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. We will be back very, very shortly uh, with your feedback on the Temper and Bedpost text line. It is 21 after three on SCNZ.